Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything school HQ. My mom's actually giving me grief tonight, Matt Green, in my Instagram DMs. She sent me a picture of Saturday Down South putting and uh, all the different accolades of Alabama right now where you made the joke last week about everything I, school. I've tried to prepare you. This is going to happen. But here's the issue. Like, yeah, Bama's going to go in number, probably number one seed in the NCAA tournament. The basketball stuff, like good basketball program <laughs> on the court. Um, football program, obviously right there. Baseball, though, they're undefeated. They're basically the ninth, maybe 10th best team in the SEC this year. Like, Tennessee is just mowing over everybody. Like, LSU is just an absolute juggernaut. LSU is just otherworldly. Like, LSU is going to be what Tennessee was last year um, as as a whole. They are they are quite good. Ole Miss is good. But, like, everything School HQ still requires you to be elite in all three sports. And when I'm saying that, I was like, it's weak sauce. They're still not an elite baseball program. Not even close to an elite baseball program. Their starting third baseman is now the starting third baseman for my Tennessee Volunteers, who I watched on Sunday afternoon in a beautiful game with my wife where they also kicked the crap out of the Gonzaga Bulldogs on uh, Sunday. A beautiful day here in um, in, uh, in Knoxville. But So, look, they can say everything's cool. You can start making the jokes that they're taking over that moniker. Uh, women's softball now in the top five in the country. Uh, the basketball program, just the Lady Vols got to the SEC title game for the women's group and lost to South Carolina, but got to the SEC title. Um, Stegman's falling apart. I mean, I don't even know if they're going to have a baseball or a <laughs> basketball arena for the dogs next year. Uh, the baseball team's not good. Once again, undefeated, same kind of mirage for Bama where probably the 11th or 12th best baseball program in the sec this year see when you when you talk everything school it's yeah. like where do you where do you draw the line mm. it's like i don't hear women's gymnastics getting any love mm. you know like i don't hear you don't sleep on the gym dogs now you know that was a dynasty back in the day so mm. if, if it's every, like you, you you cut off the you cut it off at football basketball baseball i didn't but, cut it off i said lady vols in but, softball lady vols in basketball that was the initial but yeah it's yeah. like it all counts you mm. know so Cross country uh, track. What do you want? Tennessee's got it. Everything school HQ. Matt Green. But uh, basketball and football are definitely the kings in terms of just Well they're the revenue the, sports. The, exactly. So when you're when you're good in those two, it basically feels like everything. And so mm -hmm. right now, Alabama, obviously this year they weren't, you know, what they usually are, but they're still the there's the gold standard of college football and are they currently ranked number one, Alabama? Or are they like number four right now? They're like oh, top no. five. Oh no, Houston's right? number one. Uh, UCLA, I think, is two. I think they're four or five, something like that. But they're going to be yeah, a one seed so if they if run if the gauntlet. If you're right there, top five in basketball and football, that's uh, that's the elite of the elite. Tennessee, obviously, what did they finish? Six, seven in the rankings in college football. Where did they? F seven. I think it was seven. And then um, what are they? They just lost last week, right? So they were like 12, 15 or something. So they're fifth and Kim Palm. Fifth and Kim Palm. Yeah, they're way up there. They're but they're they're doing the same type Baseball of thing. Baseball number but three. Obviously, this is a one year thing in football. It's they, they have not been the the gold standard program uh, for for years like they once were. So 
you know, it's Alabama. I was trying to prepare you for this because uh, Alabama, this team's got a legit shot to win it all, and I can just see it. I can see the everything school. Uh, and then it's probably Nick Saban's probably going to somehow get credit for the, the Bama. You know, Saban really established the standard at Alabama, and the basketball team followed. It's going to be something like that. But, um, but yeah, it's I prepare yourself, sir. Well, speaking of Saban, I think that's where we should start here because I like Nick Saban. I think a lot of people, um, like Tennessee fans, Georgia fans, I think there are a lot of people who don't like Nick Saban. I I like him, um, by and large. I think one of the dumber things I see when it comes to Nick Saban, the commentary surrounding him. So this week, Saban said some stuff. He was talking about NIL, all kinds of stuff, and Ross Dellinger's a really good piece on SA.com about all this kind of stuff. Tennessee fans specifically had a lot of fun with the quote. When a team can snap the ball with within seven seconds of the play clock, is that really good for player safety? Um, so a lot of Tennessee fans ran with that of like, oh, after Tennessee beats Alabama, Saban makes a comment about uh, if this is really like this is something that we need to look at in terms of player safety as the seven seconds or less um, thing. But what I look at with this group and what they they were dunking on because Saban said, quote, guys are going to school where they can make the most money. Okay, folks, Nick Saban can say things like with what he said last year at Texas A&M or what he has said about NIL. There is not, <laughs> I, I can't believe I had to like say this in this program, but it seems like on Twitter and just when you have conversations with folks who are college football fans who despise Nick Saban or just any of these kind of arguments where it's like, oh, Nick Saban, that's rich. He's the one complaining about NIL or he's the one complaining about X, Y, and Z. Nick Saban is giving his thoughts and Nick Saban is someone who could dislike something or dislike the direction of where something is going, but that doesn't mean he is not going to partake to ensure that his team is still the best team in college football. People were posting, oh, they had the number one recruiting class this past year and one of the best of all time. So why are you complaining? Folks, you can complain and be like, I don't like how this is all going about. Like, I don't like, what was that story about the, the law? Like one kid wanted to get his uh, girlfriend or something into law school uh, part of the deal. I forgot what that was. That feels like forever ago, but that was like a month ago with some player who transferred out. Um, yeah, where he basically said that, uh, admitted to them turning down some sort of pay for play type yes. of thing. Like that, that's not their style. Some right along those lines. And it's like, yeah, I still don't think Nick Saban needs NIL to like the money to come up to get a lot of these kids. I think his draft resume and just his uh, football acumen and the uh, the the history of Nick Saban in Alabama is probably good enough to get most kids and most families on board with uh, playing for the University of Alabama as long as Nick Saban's coaching him. He complained about the offensive changes to the spread, to this pace. He has done that. Like, it's not the football that he grew up with. He would still probably prefer to play the style that was the case 20 years ago. But that doesn't mean he's not going to go out and hire Lane Kiffin. That doesn't mean he's not going to go out and adapt. So you cannot like something or you could be like, I don't like where this is going. I don't like and still realize you have to do those things to continue to thrive and to continue to win at the highest level in the sport. So I never understood why people give Saban grief about stuff like that when he airs his own grievances about his personal preferences or his direction of sport, because obviously his voice matters. He's the most important 
football voice um, in the sport has been for uh, 20 plus years now. And look, I mean, you're not always going to agree with him, but I don't know. I think Nick Saban gets a lot of flack and it's unwarranted. That's where I disagree. I feel like what he says is like gospel. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, Saban said this. So, you know, it's obviously factual. Like, I I think he gets like too much leeway to the point of it's like every time something goes against him at this point and only recently. And I'm not, not, I don't dislike Nick Saban at all, honestly. Like, there's people that kind of insinuated how he, the Alabama rose to their success with car dealerships and stuff like that. And it's like, I've never really gotten into anything like that. I think they're doing anything that anybody is going to do to try to get ahead. Right. But when he says things recently, it just, it feels more and more like complaining. Like you're like, who is not making the decision, like their life decisions based on how it's going to benefit them financially. Like literally everyone, every single person on your coaching staff is doing that. They're, they're taking incremental raises along the way to, to go from a quality control coach to a, you know, a secondary coach, a potential coordinator, a head coach. It's like everyone is trying to get as much money possible. Like that's the way the system is set up right now. Like the players, yeah, some of them love the major and have, you know, a, a great academic, you know, ambitions. But a lot of them see the players at Florida State at my position did X, Y, and Z at the next level and got paid. So to get paid... I need to go to Florida State and be a cornerback or whatever where they have a, a history of producing guys that go professional and get paid. So it's like now they can get paid in college. So like they're always making a financial decision. It's it's just like you're somehow bothered by it, I guess, because it's it's happening while they're in college. No, he's not bothered by that. Like that's what he was saying. He was like it was for guys to it was like a motivation to like get make it work in college and then you get rewarded while in college for being a star is basically what the idea was was just that like you don't go into college with nil deals you get nil deals once you're there and you've put in the work and you're a star at that university that was what he was getting at um my interpretation he's okay with it yeah he doesn't like like a 17 year old kid or whatever coming in and just being like here's what this school is offering me nil wise um and it's like all right man like i'm nick saban in alabama what are we, what's happening here and what? i can definitely understand why a head coach would would not like something like that because yes. that's a that's an element of the recruiting process that's just completely out of his control it's like he can't you can't control the academics at your at your college and there the the campus atmosphere or whatever the location there's certain things you can't control but usually your your position coaches your your you know whatever your program is is enough to recruit itself and so this money aspect being thrown in is obviously making his job more difficult but and it's you also like, just don't know what's true and what's not and i think that's another part of it it's just like there's no legislation it's all the wild wild west different states have different rules so it's like you don't even know what's true and what's not when it's coming to you with a lot of situations or what kids are saying or what families are saying or like anything like that or what other coaches or what other teams are saying to these kids. Like you just don't know. There's just so much misinformation that I just, I think if you, I mean, if you ask Kirby, he, I, I don't think Kirby who is a longtime Saban Lieutenant is loving the direction of the sport. Like Dabo's talked openly about it. And I think a lot of them too, what they dislike the most, it seems like is that they don't have a voice in the matter where it's like, they're not at the table 
to help decide and like for like the thing you and I talk about the calendar like how are all these coaches not at the have a seat at the table to talk about hey here are some issues like we've got to fix the calendar you've got to work with us I understand we're well compensated but you're going to get more and more Todd Monk into the world and like get young guys retiring or young guys moving on because the calendar is so crazy. Like I think the fact that they don't have a seat at the table and all these changes are happening and they're just supposed to adapt in the fly and keep trying to figure out what's real, like what Texas A&M doing <laughs> where they're like the NIL, they're like, come after us. I mean, I dare it. Like we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Cause like the- is this against the rules? Is, yeah, is, is that like, against the rules? I mean, they don't care. And it's, I mean, you see at the University of Tennessee right now, like they played by the rules with the NCAA investigation and they still don't have an answer. Like we still don't know how the Jeremy Pruitt and stuff is going to end because they haven't finished it. Like they're still working on it and they've been compliant. Like Kansas, look at what happened to Kansas with Bill Self. They won a national title after everything. Like it's just you, no one knows what's real. No one, like nothing is consistent. And I can only imagine for these coaches all across the board, they're just extremely frustrated with the changes and now new rule changes too, right? Like just different things the competition committee is going to do and change. And it's like, all right, did you ask how, did you at least pick the brain of Saban and Dabo and Kirby and Heupel and Chip Kelly and Lincoln Riley and like just go around and like include them in all of these conversations? Because that is something that would go a long way is just figuring out a way to include these guys and include these people like with, NIL with everything else is just they know a thing or two about how this all works and I think you don't I think you want to just get everybody on the same page and I think that is just it's not really complaining for Nick I think it's just he's frustrated with just the never it seems like a never-ending spiral of like what's gonna change today or what are the rules today versus no, what they were yesterday? I can definitely understand that. And the NIL stuff just has to get, you know, more. There's, there's got to be some uniformity to it. Um, also, like, what is the we're, with the rule of, like, the, the no more untimed down at the end of the first and third quarter? Like, what, like, how rare of a scenario is that mm-hmm. to, like, pass a rule for? It's like if that happens maybe once once or twice a season, maybe. I don't even know. Like, that's just that's just such a random uh like occurrence to to pass a rule to think like oh this is what's wasting time this thing that that might happen to your team one time this season um uh, <laughs> that that was a weird one but the one thing you didn't mention about Saban was the, the the complaining about the scheduling about the 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 locked opponents that's another thing that i feel like more and more these days when i hear Nick Saban talk it's like what are you complaining about like the well, if, if I mean, if he is getting hosed a little bit. Hear, Tennessee, like, Tennessee being back and getting Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn as his three perno ones. I mean, I understand that he's like, but hey. first of all, Auburn has been mediocre as hell. Like Tennessee has been mediocre as hell. Like LSU has been a very one of the elite SEC programs. But like you, you like he's like dumbfounded on like why? Oh, I don't know why those are the teams they picked. Like. You know exactly why those are the teams you picked because they're the biggest rivals you have like that these are the games that college football fans want like it's not a mystery and and i've said it to you plenty of times like just no one understands how this schedule is going to work it's like every single team's schedule is going to be a gauntlet there's no like oh their schedule's harder their schedule's easier it's like if your three locked opponents are easy 
then your six rotating opponents are going to be like the best teams in the SEC every other year. It's like even Nick Saban clearly doesn't understand that either. It's like when you have LSU and Auburn and Tennessee, which honestly, that's that's a pretty balanced, like those are big brands. But if you're looking at all the teams that are going to have like their locked rivals, those aren't the three best teams in the SEC or anything. Like Auburn's going to have Alabama and Georgia 100% on their schedule and and then the years that whoever arkansas or mississippi state whoever they find ole miss where they find to be auburn's third rival the years that that team is also good it's like their schedule is going to be a gauntlet it's like tennessee had that that like unfortunate uh luck it was like four or five years in a row where it was like 2008 to 2014 2015 or so like somewhere in that area where Tennessee was getting Alabama, obviously, from the West every year, and then just also whoever happened to be the next best team in the West, whether it was like A&M one year or like LSU in the national championship. It was like they just had a streak of just getting, and it was just bad luck. But it's like now with the schedule like being what it is, the six rotating opponents, the only problem we're going to ever run into is having to, having how we dis, uh, decide who is in the SEC championship. Some sort of three-way, four-way tie or something going on with teams with the same record. But like, I wonder the, if get the rid strength of, of schedule would just not be an issue. It's, everyone's going to have a gauntlet. That's fair. Um, and it was interesting. I was listening to the VolQuest guys talk about it. Because like, I don't know if you saw the Georgia and Kentucky being the permanent rival in South Carolina and yeah, Tennessee. I would not like Kentucky. That just doesn't make any sense for Georgia. Well, I think uh, well, what the guys we were talking about t- uh, today when I was listening to it in the car was, and I hadn't considered this, is like the model might be what they're looking for is like an easy one, a medium one, and a tough one on all th- but like you're to just b- not going to be able to do that it's like vanderbilt yeah. has to play somebody yeah vanderbilt you know? throws a lot of this up but like the way it is it's like South- screws a lot up because they have to play tennessee like you yes. know that that's going to be one of them and that's tennessee has so many rivals that locking vanderbilt in there because i was also surprised i don't i don't know who is it was list that you're talking about i'm talking about Ross the same Dellinger. one it was Dellinger. okay and he didn't have Tennessee playing Georgia, Florida, or Kentucky. Well, we also and should I clarify, this was see. not his list. This was like based on intel of what he thinks it's going yeah. to be. And I just, I can't see Tennessee not playing any. I think Kentucky is what might ruin, you know, uh, us not getting Tennessee, Florida or something. Because Kentucky looks at Tennessee. Tennessee, Florida is not happening. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. It looks like that one's out. But Florida losing Tennessee and LSU. And then I think Florida that's gets Oklahoma. Like, that's yeah, going to be that's... so weird. They're going to get Oklahoma year over year? That's such I a just, weird I rivalry. I don't like Oklahoma, Florida at all. Like, I think the Bob like, they're winning the regional rivalry. It might be unfair to A&M or something to give them Texas and Oklahoma, but it's like there's a reason rivals exist. Like, regional rivals are, are so meaningful because it's like Georgia, Florida, like you – you're on that line. You got that. Mm-hmm. You share that border. You know, a lot of a lot of miles of the same border. That's it, uh, it builds the animosity. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to be happy though, right? Like that's the main thing. Is like everyone's going to have gripes, but the way you look at it, and if you explained it and the way they were talking about it, it's like this makes sense too. It's like Tennessee owns Kentucky. Like those games have not been competitive by and large. Like Tennessee in 2020 lost at home to the Kentucky for the first time since like the early 80s. So it's like that's not a competitive rivalry. So if you give Kentucky and Vanderbilt permanent rivals, 
and then Bama is the one. It's like, oh, you get two easy ones and one tough one. But South Carolina's been back and forth. Like, that's been more 50-50. And then you have Bama, which has been more lopsided for Bama. Vanderbilt better have South Carolina and Kentucky on I think I saw they would have Auburn, Tennessee, and who was the other one they had? It was Uh, maybe Mississippi State or or something. They do play Ole Miss. That's their locked... Right Ole Miss was the, the other West. one. Yeah. So I, mean, I could see them keeping that going. So that that's fair. But The Jefferson Vanderbilt, Pilot Sports Vanderbilt, Bowl. That Kentucky needs to be called the Jefferson like... Pilot Sports Bowl. Ole Miss, Vanderbilt should be played every year, but you need a <laughs> Jefferson Pilot Sports trophy. That would be fantastic. And then Bob Stoops Bowl Neal. for Florida. Dave Neal's calling the game for sure. That should be it. I, I like that. Um, Your guy, Jaheim Singletary, uh, wound up at Arkansas. What are the Hogs getting in Singletary, and how big of a loss is this for Georgia's secondary in 2023, Matt Green? Uh, it's hard to know exactly what they're getting because uh, he really didn't see the field much last year. But, uh, I mean, it was a five-star coming out last year. I think Georgia's DB room is just – it's pretty loaded with what they signed in 2022 class and now in the 2023 class. I think Nyland Green was also in that uh, – Nyland Green might – he might be a candidate to start next year, but also um, number six, uh, Dalen Everett. He was also a five-star in that 2022 class. He Singletary and Green Singletary. Am I, I could be wrong about that now that I'm thinking. I'm not sure all three of them were in the same class, but Georgia's brought in some loaded cornerback classes last couple of years. So Singletary, I get, And I, I think I left out Julian Humphrey. I think he was mm. even a big-time recruit in one of those classes. So... Um, yeah, Georgia's been pretty loaded, and I'm I'm blanking on who they signed in the 2023 class, but I want to say there was a there was a pretty. I, I'll have to look that up. But um, yeah, Arkansas man, they they're uh, they're loading up on some on the portal. I think this is why I think Arkansas. I haven't given up on them. I was wrong about them in 2022. They were definitely my sleeper. I was thinking they were a team that could win, uh, you know, nine ten games, but. Uh, I haven't given up on them because they're they're really utilizing the portal. This is now, I think, at least the third guy uh, I can think of um, they've gotten from Georgia with a uh... – oh, man, now I'm blanking on him right after I said it. Matt Landers did come from Toledo but then ended up at Arkansas. And who's the other one? Singletary and – why am I – uh, Latavius Brinney, the uh, defensive mm. back a year ago too. So Sam Pittman got those connections, you know, with Georgia, so – uh always got a soft spot for arkansas especially if they have more even more georgia players for sure they got to go to baton rouge to old miss to alabama and to florida i don't know it's Oof. gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough year for the hawks um speaking of tough decisions though matt green do you think it's smart for steve sarkeesian to go into the spring with it being an open quarterback battle between Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning? I I mean, my first question would be, what does that really even mean? You know what I mean? Like, you're just not going to publicly say he's the starter? Like, or is that change, like, the reps in practice or something? Or it's like, are you going to do something you were not normally going to do with the first and second string quarterback? Like, you're obviously – second string quarterback is getting his reps in practice, so – um maybe you're just gonna rotate who's one of the, with the ones more than you typically would i don't know i think it 
I think Ewers obviously has a huge edge, but I mean, why wouldn't it be a competition? Like every, every position is basically always up for competition. You know, like if, if someone, if someone's just better in practice every day, like they're going to win the job. So I think, uh, I think Ewers, you know, I think there's a very small chance that Ewers doesn't win the job, but I think it's just kind of, it's, it's it's a it's a competition like every position is a competition. Yeah, I mean Tennessee is technically open. They've said that since December that the spring will be open between Nico and Joe. And I just wonder if that's the nature of the beast when you bring in these big time players. It's just you have to say it's open to keep everybody happy. Yeah, I mean Carson Beck got I would have to say ninety five percent of the of the non Stetson Bennett snaps last season. So like. He's obviously the favorite, but I'm sure Kirby Smart is going to go into the offseason and say it's an open competition with all three of these guys because I think I think you just want to breed competition. And honestly, in the era of the transfer portal, like it's almost like dangling a carrot, maybe. I think I really think that's what Nick Saban was doing with Jalen Hurts the year. Like it, it's it's it, the way the media portrays it. It's that no, Jalen Hurts wanted to like stay and win the job back from Tua. It's like maybe that's true, but I also think it's because. Saban was kind of uh, uncommitted like, you know, maybe I don't know who the starter is. Like we all know who the starter is. It's the guy who just came in and won the national championship. Like that, that's the, that's the guy. But I, I think he kind of intentionally kind of, you know, left it open. Whereas someone like Dabo Swinney, I think, you know, it didn't it turn out to hurt him, but if he would have had Kelly Bryant as a backup, that his, his team would have been better, you know? And I think he did kind of pull like the moral, the morally like high ground move of being like, you know, you're not going to start. I don't want to burn. I don't want to waste your year. You can like transfer somewhere. And, and, it, and it wasn't the best thing for the team. Like the team would have been better if Kelly Bryant was the backup. So, you know, I think, I think there's an element to that. That like, if, if every guy thinks they might have a shot, then they might not transfer this year. That's fair. And we'll see. I don't know. I think it's going to happen, though. One of these guys is going to surprise and take over. And also, Quinn can't go anywhere for a little bit because Quinn's got to graduate if he wants to transfer again. He's already burned his uh, his oh, one-time yeah. transfer when he came in from Ohio State, so he can't really go anywhere for a little bit. Um, last and yours thing, is a guy. If he blows up, like has like a superstar season this year, he could be gone. Like So he could leave yeah. this year. So like I, I don't think there's... There's much worry about that if you're Arch, if you're Arch Manning, like I almost called him Archie Manning. Um, I feel like I'm not used to talking about him like a player, only as like a this mythical prospect we may see one day. Um, but yeah, so you know, who knows what could happen in this day and age? It's like I don't feel like big time players redshirt really. So you know, maybe get some game action and you know, see what he can do. Well, it's also uh, Peyton obviously started as a freshman, but Eli, um, his uncle, did not um, start as a freshman. He got in there a little bit, but did not take over the job full time until he didn't start like game one as a freshman. Uh, Eli did not. No. Okay. So I don't know. That's well, what I was Peyton waiting. Didn't I was... start game one, but he like came in game yeah, one. Yeah, I want to say Romero, Romero Miller, Romero Miller was starting. But okay. um, then he left the team after 2000. God, that was 2000. Don't forget Todd Helton over there as well <sighs> on that QB depth chart. Goodness gracious. Um, man, that just, I just Hall of Famer. Feel, 
it just Hall of Famer Todd Helton. Let's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a travesty that Todd Helton isn't in the Hall of Fame. This is guy, it? this guy is punished for playing his whole career in Colorado. You can't control where you play. It's garbage. Todd Helton should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you're not going to get any arguments from me. BFL, he got honored at uh, Tennessee and, uh, this past year. And my guy Andrew Jones, of course, he's getting there. He's each year. I follow this account, Andrew Jones. <laughs> HOF or something. This guy's like sole purpose. I guess there was like a Larry Walker account that did kind of something similar. This guy's sole purpose is to try to get Andrew Jones in the Hall of Fame. He's constantly posting these stuff, all these things like all these accolades that everyone who did this is a Hall of Famer and Andrew Jones is one of them, like all kinds of things like that. But um, yeah, Andrew Jones, he'll get there one day. And I think Todd Helton, got to put him in there. I just... Maybe I'm weird. I just don't care about the Hall of Fame for any sport at all. I couldn't care less who makes the Hall, who doesn't. Like, it's it does not matter to me in the slightest. Like, I have my opi- own opinions on who should be or who should not, and that's just it. Then I'm good. Andrew Jones is my guy, especially, though. Like, that's that's my favorite all-time baseball player. So but it's, it's like, not going to change your life if he's in the Hall of Fame. I think it will. I'll be, I'll be more. I'll feel. I'll feel more complete if Andrew Jones gets that Hall of Fame. Also, shame on the Braves. Retired mm. every every great player from that era got their number retired. Andrew Jones didn't get that twenty five retired. It's it's just not right when I see, you know, who was that 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 fat third baseman uh, we had for a little bit. Francisco Juan Francisco. All these random guys through the years rocking number twenty five. It's just it doesn't look right. Mm. Wow, you. That, that's you, that's my that's my that's my Andrew Jones spiel. You're really passionate about Andrew Jones. Um, it's like last a, tw- what a twelve time Gold Glover or something. I like, like Andrew best Jones. Best center fielder of all time. I mean, are you on his payroll? Like, what's happening over here? Macro. I'm serious though. Like, you look at like Ozzy Smith. Guys got in the Hall of Fame for just their defense, and Andrew Jones mm. is like the greatest defensive center fielder ever. And it's, I don't even think that's an opinion. I feel like it's a fact. Mm. And he had like 400 career home runs. Look, I He's... love Andrew. You're not like, I'm not the enemy here, Matt Green. I'm not a voter. I'm not the one keeping Andrew Jones out of the hall right now. He'll right. get there eventually. I'll, okay. uh, I'll let it go. You know, I got a little heated there. You, you're you fired up about Andrew Jones. I, I like it. He's my guy. He's also don't better Don't stop than... the chop. Uh, there you go. Um, last thing before we get into our main event, uh, predicting the SEC on CBS games uh, of the week. A um, few contenders each week that we're going to parse through, we think, will be um, the game of the week for this fall. Because we're nearing the end. At least in the SEC variety. It's weird they're going to keep the same song for the Big Ten games. That's going to be jarring. But, Matt Green, I wanted to throw this at you. Did you see what uh, former ESPN president John Skipper said about the ACC and Pac-12? Oh, yes. I uh, Only because you posted the link and I did a little pre-show research. The Pac-12, he suggested the Pac-12 and the ACC merge. Matt Green, I don't think this is a bad idea. I think when you look at the landscape and where the Pac-12 is sitting right now, where the Big 12 is just chomping at the bit waiting to take Colorado, waiting to take Arizona, waiting to take Utah. They're just sitting there just like, all right, let's see what this TV deal looks like. They're just waiting it out to see what ultimately comes with it. They still don't have one. It's not looking great. The way to do that, we're already moving to a USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten. Like, 
geography does not matter anymore. Basically, what we're doing is the Netflix of cable television, where it's like we're going to reinvent divisions and conferences because they're going to get so bloated they all split off again in 50 years when we're old. And <laughs> we're going to have the Pac-12 all over again. And all of them are going to be 12-team conferences and everything's going to be back. They're just reinventing the super conferences. And then we're going to go back to everybody breaking and back up because like, it's too big. If only there's a way we could, you know, <laughs> divide these really big yes. conferences. Um, That's what I think is going to happen. I'm not a fan of, of, of this conference imperialism. That's, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Where just all these conferences are just taking their little taking their little piece of the west coast like i just don't get it it's but do you honestly think that's a bad idea to do that we own the east coast and the west coast and that's our conference i think it's a bad idea i mean it's already happening so ucla Mm. and usc is already it's done but i think it's just a terrible idea because it's such a regional sport it's like you can keep the regions you could keep the acc region playing each other and the other region playing each other with maybe a couple games mixed in I mean, how many teams? So you're saying who who are they adding? All of the California schools left in Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. I think Oregon and Washington. I don't know. I guess, I, I guess you'd have to just go ahead and get them all right. Like, like if you're gonna merge, are those are the? I think they're everyone's calling them the the four corners. Yes. Like although there are those are already going to the Big Twelve in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what's happening? Well, and no. So the pick- everyone who's left, you're trying to get because I mean Utah, like we're oh yeah Utah Utah's one of those. Yes. Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. Mm. So if they they'd make so much sense in the Big Twelve. I don't know if that'll mm. happen. Like I just I feel like I want that to happen because I want this to regional stuff to mean something. But like so then in that scenario, there's four six. So there's six teams left in the Pac-12. So that mm. would have to be if a twenty team conference. It would have to be all six of those teams left, which is mm-hmm. at that point Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford. Mm-hmm. So those six teams joining the ACC, <laughs> it's just like are you gonna call it like the American Coast Conference, so they can still be the ACC? Is that you could do that? You know the the Coast to Coast Conference. Um, those are bad branding. I mean, look, the situation is. We're I, that was the off end. right off the top of the head, you know. I just I got these million dollar ideas. I like that. I am just saying, like, I don't hate that idea for both conferences, or just like the ACC getting a jump where it's like we're already locked in, and if we want to save this thing, we've got to do something bold and merging like that keeps the Big Twelve at bay, and then you have four mega conferences. So I don't those, know. Those six would put them at twenty. Mm-hmm. The four would put the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is about to be at twelve. Is that mm-hmm. right? They're gonna be. They currently have ten. They're gonna be at fourteen for a year, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna go to twelve. So that would put them at sixteen, and then the SEC sitting there at sixteen. The Big Ten is about to be sixteen. Mm-hmm. Does it settle down there? At, at, I think we, so. Right? Do we? Do we? Or does everyone need to get to twenty? I don't think you can. Who else are you pulling? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's happening anymore. It's it's off the rails. But that would be funny if the ACC ends up with the most schools. Like they are the ones who end up with twenty schools first. I I don't know. I just the chaos element of this would be hilarious. Like I if mean, they really did this. Because that's how many schools. So that's that's sixteen times three. What is that? Forty eight. Um, plus twenty is sixty eight. That's sixty eight teams. That's basically power five. Like that's. 
those those that want Power Five to break off from the rest of Group of Five schools, like sixty eight is about that sweet spot of of teams. So I mean, that that scenario makes it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens. I think a lot of crazy stuff is going to happen over the next month uh, in commentary alignment and the sport. I think uh, we're not done here. Um, but we'll see what ultimately happens. Matt Green, how would you like to lead our main event discussion here tonight of the SEC on CBS Games of the Week? Yeah, man, let's do it. I, uh, how much time we got? You, uh, you got a lot. You got, this is going to take a while. You, We're you gonna do time? twenty minutes. Can you do this in twenty? <laughs> um, so they don't go. They don't go. Uh, you don't have one week one, right? Mm. On CBS. Um, I think some of those games may already even be announced. I'm not sure about mm. how many good games we got week one. Florida at Utah. Is that it? South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia. Oh, we got LSU, Florida State, mm. but not in Tallahassee because that would be stupid. We're gonna play that one in Orlando because. Grinds my gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, let's go to week two. So week two, I think this is an easy one. So what we're doing here, I didn't, I think I don't, I don't think week two this, has one either. I don't think we set up this up correctly, but we're predicting the SEC on CBS schedule for mm-hmm. the season. And week two, I think they're definitely going to have one because they're not going to miss out on Texas at Alabama. Like that's like Notre Dame, Georgia. Was that CBS how, last year? That was on But it Fox. was at Texas. Okay. Yeah. At, like Notre Dame at Georgia, like that was a CBS game for sure. You was know? it really? I don't even remember now. I guess yeah. so. I mean, that game, mm. there was like so much hype around that game. It was mm. kind of interesting because neither team ended up being like that great. I mean, Georgia finished, I think, maybe top seven, eight, but was, wasn't it really a, a, a great season? So I think Texas, Alabama is really the only choice there in week two. The other do we have any good other good games? I think there's just a lot of out-of-conference stuff. Texas A&M, Miami, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, which feels mm-hmm. like that should be a rivalry. Um, I don't know how many times we've seen that. But uh, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest seems like a rival. <clears throat> but, yeah, week two is easy. Week three is when we have some decisions. I still think week three is pretty easy. I don't think it's easy, by the way. There's back and forth between Georgia and South Carolina and Tennessee, Florida. I think it will be Tennessee, Florida. But I think it's going to be Tennessee at Florida as well. South Carolina, like only because this has to be so far in advance. Like, I just don't think South Carolina necessarily has the expectations. Like mm. Tennessee, Florida is just it's a sexier game, honestly. Like it is, it is Athens. So you know, there's maybe you want to see the national, the defending national champion. This is like your first opportunity to do it, like three weeks in. Mm. That's kind of the only scenario I could really see because it's like Georgia at South Carolina is a way more interesting game because you're like, okay, maybe the hostile road environment, we could see an upset or something. But yeah, for that reason, like we also got Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, LSU at Mississippi State is that week, Kansas State at Missouri. So we have a couple interesting BYU at Arkansas, uh, but I think ten- Tennessee, Florida is uh, is the week three CBS game. Mm. Okay. What about week four, Matt Green? All right, let's go to week four. So uh, week four, who's it not going to be? It is not going to be Kentucky at Vanderbilt. It's not going to be Mississippi State at South Carolina. We're finally getting into the uh, – into the conference schedule now. Mm-hmm. Auburn, Texas A&M, I feel like that's a decent game. I don't feel like it's going to be that one. 
I could see it being Arkansas LSU. The Golden Boot, always entertaining. I feel like I don't ever remember that be that game being played in September. It always feels like a late November game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I'm going to have to go Ole Miss at Alabama on this one. You also didn't mention A&M hosting Auburn. I think that's sneaky, depending on how both no, teams start. No, I mentioned start. that one. I, oh, I don't, yeah, but I'm not sure about that one. I, what do you think? My gut says they'll do Bama, Ole Miss, but Ole Miss never beats Bama. And those actually, games... I think I take that back because they're going to Bama in Week Two. I don't mm. think Ole Miss. Kind of my logic with Georgia, South Carolina. I think yeah. Bama at Ole Miss is much more entertaining than Ole Miss. So you want to burn Arkansas LSU? I think here. I'm going Arkansas LSU. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I could see that. And I also will just say as the wild card is I would not be surprised if it's Auburn and M depending on how those two teams start. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, well, do they need, I don't think they really have a marquee game though. They, they, Auburn does play Cal. I didn't mention that one. Like, that's, well, Also Auburn will be on. When's Georgia Auburn? Oh, Georgia Auburn's the next week. Oh yeah. No, cancel that out. Cause I already know where week five's going. Week five's Georgia at Auburn. No question for me. I mean, I think there's some doubt, though, because Auburn, you know, it kind of does depend on if they start this. Like, if if they start 4-0, and it's kind of a weak 4-0, and you know? Like, it's there's no, like, real Auburn, other than man. A&M. If they beat yeah. A&M, this could even be one where they use, like, an option or something, you mm. know? Because if they beat A&M, oh, wait, hold on. I forgot to tell you. Week 5, I don't know if you noticed this schedule, mm. that's seven SEC games right there, mm. sir. You know what seven SEC games means? What? That means we got a double header this week. Mm. So this is when you get the SEC night game. And mm-hmm. if you look at the the candidates to be the night game, I think you're right. Georgia Auburn does feel like the best. You got Florida, Kentucky has been a, a good game several years in a row. LSU at Ole Miss, I think, might be the next uh the next candidate as far as challenging georgia auburn but you also got south carolina at tennessee like this has become a rivalry in recent years that's going to be at noon guaranteed locking in that's a nooner on espn go ahead and lock that in we're going to be burning up and just beating south carolina 63 to 7 but that will be a nooner lock that one in so they do the uh they do two double headers a year and the Mm. other one is in week 11 and um I think one of the one of the doubleheaders will be like a noon three thirty doubleheader, and then one of them will be like a three thirty eight o'clock doubleheader. Looking at the schedule, I think this is going to be the noon three thirty doubleheader. So I'm going to say Arkansas A and M. I haven't even mentioned that one yet. I'm going to say Arkansas A and M is our noon mm. game in Arlington, and then although LSU will Miss, I like that one too. And then Georgia at Auburn is the uh, is the three thirty game. I'm gonna say the doubleheader is Arkansas A and M in Arlington and Georgia Auburn. Okay, so we're in agreement there. Yeah. Also, Alabama Mississippi State. I don't think I mentioned that one. Yeah, that's not so, Mississippi that's State not. hasn't beaten Alabama and I forgot how long that one's been. It's a long time. But you got the cowbells, you know. That's, you do uh, have the cowbells. I think that's that's part of it, I think, as well, is like trying to go to as many different places as they can. So I think, uh, you know. I don't think you're going to be going to Old Miss or Mississippi State this year. I'm looking at their schedule right now. And I don't, I don't think th- they do go to everyone every year by any means. But, um, yeah, we'll, mm. we'll, 
we'll we'll see what they do there. A lot I think of the last time there. was Georgia. I feel like the last time Mississippi State made that was Georgia, Mississippi State with Dak when they were number one in the country. Georgia didn't play that team. The Dak team, or I guess not. It wasn't Dak. There who was, was under year, who was quarterback when they were number one? Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, Dak was the quarterback when they went were number one. There was a year where they, I think that year they played Kentucky, and I feel like that may have mm. been a CBS game because I want to say both teams were like top 10 and like 24. Well, no, hold on. Then which one's the, 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 but no, Georgia blasted Mississippi State You're when they were thinking number one. Of, that wasn't a CBS game. You're was thinking it not? of 2017. They had, uh, with Nick Fitzgerald, that mm. was in Athens. Yeah, they came out like they had just beaten LSU, like blasted LSU the week before. Yeah. And I want to say they were they were like top ten. They were definitely mm. ranked ahead of Georgia, but I don't I don't I don't know how highly ranked they were. Yeah, but yeah, they were up there. And yeah, I don't even remember the score. That was a CBS like a, game, right? No, I think that was in like an ESPN like night game. Hmm. Like that was uh, a. I want to say that was like 30, 31, 6 or something. It was a like blowout. That. It wasn't it close. Was, yeah. Yeah, that Dominic Sanders pick. I still see that one. All right, that I was, didn't uh, need to get you that, down uh, on just the Georgia. Places, oh, okay. oh mm. that was the. Uh, Oh, it was a hundred percent ESPN because it was Joe Tessator on the call. Mm. Because first play of the game, Georgia ran the flea flicker. Yes, Terry I remember that. Terry Godwin for the touchdown. Mm. He, he had that. Guess which dogs? Dogs are barking first. Something like that. So Joe Tess on the call. I so I I literally do remember that. There you go. Uh, week six, not as tasty of a slate. I mean. Vanderbilt, Florida for the LOLs on CBS because that's going to probably be a close game. And I think that was really fun last year. That should get consideration. But it's going to be Kentucky, Georgia, and I hate it. No, it's not going to be Kentucky, Georgia. It's going to be Alabama at A&M. Do you think so? I think so. I I think this is is Saban... Jimbo stuff writes itself, man. You got to be a part of that, especially last time they went to A and M. That was the last time, right? Twenty twenty one. But even if Georgia and Kentucky are both undefeated, you don't think they're going to do that? I mean, there's a chance. They just for did sure. it last year. And wait, this past year? Yeah. But it was also like Kentucky was like eight and one or something. No, Kentucky wait. will be five and zero. Oh. They get. The Florida year 2021, they definitely at Georgia, Kentucky at Georgia was like college game day, and Kentucky was like top ten. So that was that was a CBS game for mm-hmm. sure. I don't I don't remember last year. Um, was that are you sure that was CBS? Was it not? I thought I, it was. I, I could. Honestly, I feel like it was. You could be right. What was? I can't. It even ended remember. at night. I know that it was cold, and it ended when it got dark. But I'm pretty certain it started. It was not a super late night game. Like Mizzou was an ESPN game for y'all. Oh, like, that, was, it, that was such a forgettable game. I think yeah. that's why I'm forgetting. I remember that Ringo pick where he returned it uh, a good distance. But yeah, yeah. It was sixteen six. Was that was that the final? That was something a, like that. But that it, I'm pretty a, certain that was CBS. You you might be right about that. So I don't know. I think they might because I think Kentucky will be five and zero at this point, and Devin Leary will be cooking. If they're in a bounce back, you know, Kentucky's be top fifteen, top seventeen, somewhere around there. Georgia being one, two. I, I don't. I wouldn't Miss, roll it out. Ole Miss is just like the wild card every week. Yeah. When I'm looking at this, because I'm like Lane Kiffin, and they're like so sexy and everything. Like I feel like they're there's like a flashy team that gets headlines, and mm. I don't. I just never know what to expect from them. So if they're six and zero. Five and one. Some of these games could definitely be the CBS game, but if they're yeah. if they're three and three, then then they they probably won't be. So, 
Oh, Arkansas at Ole Miss that week, I think, is a, a possibility. I think. Well, can I L- tell you why I don't LSU think? LSU Missouri. Missouri beat them last time they came to Columbia. Um, but Alabama A&M, I think, is definitely the, the winner here. Well, here's why I don't think – another reason I don't think it's going to be Alabama A&M. Because I think A&M in Tennessee the following week is going to be CBS. I think that's the 330 game. Is A&M coming to Tennessee for the first time as uh, big as an SEC member? Like the two biggest stadiums colliding in the conference – um a the, matchup you don't get a lot no sure. i think that's i think that's the one i think tennessee gets a bone here because tennessee has not gotten one to this point unless they get florida they might get tennessee i think they I guess they could get florida but i think they come back for this one i think this is uh this is number two i think that you get tennessee A&M, and this is a week CBS. of all sec games but um there's only six games. You got a couple of bye weeks in there. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, Alabama is also a candidate because yeah. I think Arkansas, you know, they could be looking at a, a five and one start or something potentially to, to the year, you know, mm. four and two or something like that. So I don't know. A&M, I think, I think you're right. So that, that could potentially affect some of those week five and week six matchups, kind of maybe saving A&M for that Tennessee game because I think that is an interesting one. But, I mean, they'll put someone on back-to-back weeks if it's the best mm-hmm. game. Like, it's Auburn LSU is another one. Like, that's just a, a good traditional rivalry. They've been on it a bunch. They've gotten it a bunch of times. We've grown up with that game on CBS a bunch. That's fair. And that's uh, some of my great – some of my, you know, favorite childhood memories are just uh, Auburn LSU. You know, those just had some some great college football games. Kirby was uh, a was linebacker Courtney Taylor, was he the one on that 4 undefeated team they they scored with like a, a minute left it was like 10 to 9 i want to say was that uh uh junior that rose green is that the junior one rose watched? green i think had a, had a had a pick to seal that one mm. um i don't i don't know you, you definitely this was like i'm talking when i was like 14 years old no no, no i'm saying we went back and watched in our review like we went back in time we did a review of an auburn lsu game on the pod a couple years ago and we rewatched oh, one of them I don't remember which one it was, but it might have been 04. I, I don't I can't know. even remember, but that is a memorable game uh, and to me. And then there's the one they yeah. used to play, ESPN Classic, super underrated channel. I hate that ESPN <laughs> Classic is just gone. I, maybe there wasn't enough people that just sit down and watch classic games, but there's that one game from like the the early 90s, I think, where Auburn had like three straight pick sixes in like the fourth quarter. Like it was something like the dude threw like five interceptions for LSU, like in the fourth quarter alone. It was just one of the most unreal things. Announcers losing his mind, just like Auburn intercepted it again. Like it was just insane. But Auburn LSU is just a classic, but you're right in terms of A&M Tennessee's a novelty and assuming, you know, a&M could be looking at two and four come, come week seven, you know? So that's not necessarily a guarantee. You also got Florida at South Carolina in there. But that's I don't, not I don't, getting I don't it. See that's that not happening. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see. If, I'm, if I had to, had to make a pick, I think Arkansas-Alabama. I think that's going to – Arkansas is going to be – That's three Alabama SEC on CBS games. We're not even halfway down with the schedule. What was the second one? You had Alabama Old Miss and you I changed had... that one. I changed that one to okay. Arkansas LSU because for the so I think that would just be the second one. Okay. You know they love the Crimson Tide. Well, you know Tide, we man. still they have Auburn put, Alabama too, Matt Green. You know we still oh. have Auburn Alabama on this list. That's true. Alabama LSU too. So that could yeah. definitely uh that that that's a good point. So I think if if there's any chance to put 
unless it's just clearly the best game. If it's you know six and zero Arkansas and six and zero Alabama, there's no question. Uh-huh. But I think if it's some toss up, I think you see them go. If if it's if it's a good game, Tennessee A and M is the one they want to go. But I just mm-hmm. that's relying on both of those teams being uh being really good are we sure are we sure what, what is tennessee's record all right that's come, enough come all right seven. week seven week six where, where are we going next matt green week six speaking of tennessee's record no that was week seven mm. so we're going to week eight week eight yeah excuse me this is one of the one of the guarantees on the schedule tennessee yeah. at alabama yes so I guess every week I do want to give Alabama the game because I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've tried to give it to him like four times now. So Tennessee-Alabama is is definitely going to be the Week 8 game. We also have Mississippi State at Arkansas, Ole Miss at Auburn, the Battle of Columbia, which will be a solid <laughs> 7.30 SEC network game, uh, mm-hmm. South Carolina at Missouri. Shoot, at Missouri it might start at like 9 o'clock. I'm not even sure. Yeah. But um, – that's yeah, easy. So I think that's an easy one. Week nine's uh, also Tennessee, pretty easy. Alabama. Week nine, we, we're probably going to hear this one announced like later this week, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like in March, whenever they announce the schedule. Georgia, Florida will be three thirty on CBS. Also got Mississippi State. And one thing I this is one thing I've noticed through the years is Georgia, Florida seems to be a common bye week, and it seems to just be like a really crappy sec slate around the georgia florida game for for whatever reason so seeing uh, a lot like only conference games this week and almost a full slate like it's a it's a better week in the sec than i think typically georgia florida is and hopefully we're just always we're gonna get rid of these late season cupcake games altogether. i just it's it's terrible it's terrible ammunition for all the other conferences that hate on the sec they're like oh we're playing Michigan State this week. You guys are playing the Citadel? Oh, that's a really hard schedule. And they ignore all the other difficult games that you played. So just get those out of the way at the start of the season. Why are you so, calling out Sonny Dykes? You beat him 65-7. to 7. Who cares? I'm calling out Sonny Dykes? Yeah, remember he was complaining about Georgia and the SEC schedule where they played the cupcakes. Remember all the Georgia fans? But I'm saying I think it's a legitimate uh, criticism. So mm. it's like, take that ammunition away from your opponent. You know what I'm mm. saying? It's like, make this something they can't criticize you for because the schedule is a gauntlet. It's like, just show that it, it gets tougher down the stretch. I think that's one problem I've had with Georgia's schedule through the years. It's like so many years, Georgia tech isn't good. It's like you play Auburn the first week of November and then your season, and then you play Kentucky tech and your season's over some, uh, UMass or something in there in November and your season's over. It's like you want to build to the end of the season and, and get better as the season goes on. And like this year, we'll get there because we uh, we will get our wish with this schedule. But we will, we will get there, so stay tuned. Uh, there you but, go. But, yeah, also on Florida-Georgia week, <clears throat> Georgia-Florida week, I should say. Mm. I can't believe I just said the other, the other order. Mississippi State at Auburn, Tennessee at Kentucky, Vanderbilt at Ole Miss and South Carolina at A&M. So uh, a solid week in week nine, October 28th. Then we go to week 10 and it's almost a full slate, but we still got a couple cupcakes in there in November, you know, trying to, trying to get those guys out of there. But uh, LSU at Alabama, I think is, is definitely the, 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 the obvious favorite, just kind of right off the bat. Obviously, I try to give it to Alabama every week. So but they did a, LSU Bama on ESPN at night last year in the Bayou. I don't know. I think you could 
it's not a great slate, so it's like they're asking for that game. But like, if you told me it was A and M at Ole Miss, that wouldn't surprise I me. Think that's really the only other one, in my yeah. opinion. And it's like Missouri at Georgia isn't an option. That's gonna be a night Arkansas game. I feel like that game's Florida. only at night. Arkansas, Am I crazy, or is that game always at night? Georgia, Missouri. That's always a night game. <laughs> at Missouri is definitely yes. always at night. Um, except for I think maybe one other game, but. Yeah, um, I honestly at at Georgia it seems like it's typically a night game too. So mm. that that's definitely got eight o'clock SEC <laughs> Network written on it. Although they don't do night games in Athens anymore, so who knows? Mm. Who knows that'll really happen? But um, Arkansas at Florida is also kind of that novelty with A and M uh, Tennessee. You know, one of these cross divisional games you don't get very often. But um, the Felipe Franks Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had. That's the game they that Felipe Franks uh, had that long run when they rocked the Gator uniforms. I want to say uh, so multiple Felipe Franks uh, references to this game, but I think Florida and Arkansas. You know, depending on what kind of seasons they're having, I think that's that's a possibility. But LSU, Alabama, I think is the uh, is the obvious choice there. For sure, um, we're down to week eleven, week twelve, and week thirteen. Matt Green, week eleven. You see what I see on this schedule, sir? I don't know. Week 11. That's a full slate of SEC football games, sir. That's seven SEC <laughs> football games. That means we got another doubleheader here. No, that's week 12. Week 11. No, this is it right here, week 11. Week 11. Saturday, November 11th. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, yeah, never mind. My bad. So we got a full slate. George, Ole Miss at Georgia. That's uh, That seems like a good one. Lane Kiffin versus Kirby Smart. Solid mm-hmm. little storyline there. It, a lot depends on what kind of season Ole Miss is having. If Ole Miss is uh, is is six and two, well, what that's week eleven. If they're like seven and two, you know, something like that. It's eight and two. If Ole Miss is having a good season, and assuming Georgia is having another good season, I think uh, that that's definitely a possibility. Florida at LSU, I think, is a possibility. But you know, late in the season, depending on what kind of team Florida is, they could be kind of you know kind of irrelevant. That could be a a, a number 10 versus an unranked team at, at that point in the year. You also got Auburn at, at Arkansas, Mississippi State at A&M. I mean, what else? Like the Bear Bryant Bowl, uh, Alabama at Kentucky. Could that uh, – they're going to have to do a doubleheader. There's no this. way they're doing Bama at Kentucky, is it? No, like They have to do so. a doubleheader, so I'm going to say – my gut says Georgia, Ole Miss, and Arkansas, Auburn. See, I think they're going to go Ole Miss at Georgia at 330. Maybe and LSU and Florida. Florida at LSU, yeah. Death Valley at night. I think that's what they're – I think that's what they'll do because that's – Yeah, That I seems that. like the best matchup here. But, you know, if, Florida if, Florida, if Florida's 5-5 five and five at this point in the season, mm. you know, we – we could see a, a different story. Yeah, I would not. That would not surprise me. Um, week twelve, Matt Green. Week Final twelve two is just a disgusting sight, sir. We got UT Chattanooga at Bama, FIU at Arkansas, New Mexico State at Auburn, Georgia State at LSU, UL Monroe at Ole Miss, Southern Miss at Mississippi State. Abilene Christian at Texas A&M. Just just an awful slate, November 18th, week before Thanksgiving. 
We got three conference games that week. I think this one is easy. Georgia at Tennessee, I think, is the uh, obvious one. This game could decide the SEC East. The line already opened up at like seven and a half. It's pretty tasty out of the gate here. Oh yeah, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on that for sure. Georgia's gonna for the by like three touchdowns. Oh, zero chance. <laughs> Zero chance. Uh, yeah, I, I need to uh, I need to put some put some bets in. Last time I put a bet on Georgia to win the national championship, they won the national championship. So I need to uh, need to get back on that. It might not be a, that fun of a number anymore. But Florida at Missouri is that week. Kentucky at South Carolina are the other two. But yeah, I think that's, that's a, it's that's a it's Georgia easy Tennessee one with Georgia Tennessee. And then the last week of the season. Hmm. We got Auburn, Bama. Auburn, Alabama. Alabama at Auburn, I should say. So Alabama can't be on here like seven times. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to find some different teams to put on. But they definitely have a tough schedule because they have a lot of candidates to be uh, the SEC game of the week. So also that week, you obviously, you're going to have – I don't think it's ever CBS on thing. Oh, because Thanksgiving, they do NFL stuff. So Ole Miss, Mississippi State's usually an ESPN night game. Missouri at Arkansas is usually a CBS game on that on that Friday, although it's saying that on Saturday. I wonder, is that schedule right? Because Missouri-Arkansas has been Friday the last few years. But um, was Florida-Florida State on Friday this past year? Yes, it was. I know it was because I came home and watched it with my folks when I was back in Atlanta. Yeah, I enjoyed that for sure. So, And then we got, you know, so Florida State at Florida could be a candidate, you know, because they can carry a CBS game. But most likely um, Alabama at Auburn is going to be the game. So. Mm. Not Clemson, South Carolina, not AM, LSU, not Vanderbilt, Tennessee, but no. or Kentucky, Louisville. Solid rivalry week, though. Yeah, it's on. That was fun. Be that fun. was. That was good stuff. And then the uh, Saturday, December second, the uh, SEC championship will be most likely for the Vols and the Bayou on, Bengals on CBS. We we shall see, sir. Is no. that? 2007 yeah SEC with Eric championship Ainge. is that the only time that's yeah. been the we saw georgia lsu what like five times in the sec championship mm-hmm. that's a, i think that might be the most i think florida alabama is still the most common mm. matchup but georgia lsu is close close second there you go all right matt green well that was fun. Glad we were able to do that. A lot of college football stuff. And by the time we record on Sunday, the Pac-12 might be no more. They might have the ACC might have gobbled them up. Who knows where college football will be uh, in five days? And new rules might be instituted. We'll uh, we'll see. Uh, but until well, they then, pass yeah. those rules, right? That's like those official. Well, I I'm think, saying right? more rules might pop. Oh, out. more rules. Like that's just what they did now. I, I might have to add a rule. I know I know you're trying to sign us off this podcast right now, but um, you saw the XFL kickoff? Mm-hmm. Big fan of the XFL kickoff mm. formation. If they're worried about the running full speed collisions, that's the way to do it because we cannot get rid of kickoffs. Like I just, what are we going to have, throw-offs? What is this, backyard football? We can't, we can't do that. There you go. Matt Green, always a pleasure, and I will talk to you Sunday. Yes, sir.
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.